Welcome to the So You Can Relate podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the So You Can Relate podcast. My name is Adafala. And it's your girl, Joyce. Beautiful. And today we thought we'd do something quite chilled, quite exciting for us, especially after last week's heavy, heavy episode. (laughs) (laughs) A one thought provoking episode. What a train of thought that was. Anyway, today we're doing something so chilled. We're talking about our obsession, Miss Lauren Hill. (laughs) And today we're going to be doing our top fives from her album, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, we got this idea from Julie Adenaga. She did a video with, and it was Harry Pinero and some other people that I don't remember. Tom was there as well, mm-hmm. Tom Tom Mucci or something. Yeah. And they did it for um Wizkid's album Made in Lagos, and they did like a top five, a collective top five. So everyone gave their top five, and they all kind of argued, do like a collective, what's the five top songs on this album? So that's yes. what we're gonna do for Miseducation, and we're quite excited. I'm even out of breath right now. I have so much energy today. <laughs> I'm not even moving. I just love her so much. Um, but let's let's get into it, Joyce. What are your top five and why? Okay, why? Cool. let's get into it. So, yeah. might I add that basically the album that we're doing it from is the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and there's 16 songs on the album, so it was mm. hard to pick five. We've only picked five, so hard. yeah. And these are in order, like in order of what we think the best are. So. Yeah. Personally, this is what uh, let me do a little explanation before I say my top five. Mm-hmm. I picked the songs that I feel are not necessarily the commercial favorites, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think are the best songs in terms of like the musicality, the lyrics, the meaning. Like for me, they're the best. There's there's one on there that I know a lot of people will be like, uh, but to be honest, <laughs> this is what I like. So in, I was gonna say in no particular order, but this is in particular order. So my number okay. five. My number five is I used to love him. Oh, <laughs> it had to be there, and yeah. I kept swapping it around. It was higher up, but then I was I used to love him. Yeah, okay. I love that song. I think it's featuring Mary J. Blige. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Number four is to Zion. Oh, Zion! I <laughs> like that song. Like the whole of my final year, I was playing it so much. There's no <laughs> way it couldn't make it into my top five, and okay. it had to be number four just because I really, really like it. Yeah. Number three is Nothing Even Matters. Right. As it should be. Strong contender. Strong. <laughs> There's certain parts of that song that it's just like, oh my God, mm. the falsetto is mm. really doing what it needs to do. <laughs> so I love that song. Number two might be a controversial one, but I love is Tell Him. That's not controversial. Tell it's Him. Not... <laughs> Let me be patient. Let, Let me, me be kind. <laughs> That, that had to make to number two. It almost yeah. it, that was originally my number one mm. originally, but then something happened. <laughs> so when it came to number one, I was fighting. I was like, "What's the number one song on the album?" So yeah. this song, when I first listened to it, I know the song. I love the song. I was like, oh, "It's not really number one." I then played the second half of the song. Mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. "I said, Lauren, <laughs> this is number one, and my number one is X Factor." Oh, of course it is. <laughs> when she says, so when she says, said you'll be down for me, dead. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean. I said, Lauren, nah, this is she, was, she was passionate at the end. She said, I'm going to say this a million times. 
it's the end the end that sold me so yeah Yeah. so yeah number five is i used to love him four to zion three nothing even matters Two, tell him and number one x factor okay okay i like that are you gonna do honorable mentions now or at the end you think i should do it now or at the end let's do it at the end let's let's make that one afterwards okay cool do you want to do it now no. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I actually don't mind. Maybe we should just do it now. No, let's do it now so that we can. When you do your one, then like um, we can discuss what our top five together is. Okay, okay. Because some of my honorable mentions might be in your um top five. Yeah. So, I've got two honorable mentions. Number one is obviously Doop. So I thought with Doop because yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is Lauren's song. Like everyone knows yeah. this song, and I love the song. I listen to it all the time. It's a bop. Like if I'm at a party and it comes on, I'm happy. But I just felt like these songs had more meaning and like Doop obviously has a good meaning as well. But they're just like more sentimental to me. I enjoy these songs more than Doop. But that's definitely a strong honorable mention. And my second one is Everything is Everything. What will be? I will love be. that song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I actually listened to it. Yeah. I was like, is it going to make my top five? Is it not? But yeah, those are my two honourable mentions. And um, <clears throat> I liked also the song, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I think yeah. that's a good one too. But you know, yeah, I did job. make it into my, into my top top. But yeah, okay. you go. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited today. I have so much. I don't know what's inside of me. Anyway, so my number five is Lost Ones. Okay. I think Lost Ones is a fantastic song. This is the second yeah. song on the album, right? So the first song is, is just like the intro and they're like in the classroom saying a register and he calls out like Lauren Hill's name. He's like, Lauren Hill, where's Lauren Hill if she's not there because it's yeah. like miseducation, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then the second song comes on, first line is, it's funny how money changes the situation and it just comes with so much energy. It's like yeah. a punch in the face. Every single line hits in that song. It's like she's angry, but like a good angry. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'm like, because imagine like that sort of album dropped to what 98. You press play, intro is so nice and smooth. It's like a it's like a little skit, it's like a guitar or a piano in the background. And then yeah. that song comes on. Imagine hearing that for the first time. Mm. Like the energy that comes to it. I said, yeah, it has to be on the list. It has to be. And um, yeah. the only reason why it's number five is because I think I just like singing more than I like rap. And it's like yeah. probably the only rap song on my on my list. So that's number five, lost ones for me. Number four is nothing even matters because nothing does matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> Truly nothing even matters. And it's with D'Angelo. So it's yes. actually it's actually a two for one. I think that song is so beautiful. Like when she comes in with her vocals at the beginning and then the bass comes oh, in and he comes in with a serious tune. No, that song is too beautiful. And I think my favorite part of the song is when she goes, You won't find me out in the store. I have no time for manicures. Oh. With you, it's never either or because nothing even matches at all. Oh my goodness. Ah, I love it. <laughs> a bit. Yes. I love it a bit, honestly. I used to play that all the time in um in graphics and GCSE. I used to go on YouTube and just play like X Factor and nothing even matters like back to back. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic song. Love that too. It's like a, a perfect love song, isn't it? Um, And you know PJ Morton? Yeah, he's got a remix of that with some lady that I don't know, and it sounds really, really good as well. So that's that's my number four. My number three is X Factor. And (laughs) (laughs) said you've been down, I've been down, I've been there. Oh, number three. (laughs) Nah. It could all all be so simple, but I made it hard because. 
there are two other songs that obviously I like a bit more than X Factor. I yeah. think X Factor was so fantastic. The story behind it is mad as well. Literally her being in love with a man that's taken. And she was like so young as well when she wrote that. But I think the reason why it's not my number one or my number two is because it doesn't resonate with me on like a personal level as in like I haven't yeah. had that experience before. And I thank God because she was clearly going through it in that song. <laughs> like damn. Um, but I think my number one and number two are my number one and number two because they speak to me like on more of a personal level. So yeah. Yeah, so my number two is Tell Him. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> I just think the drums at the beginning of Tell Him. Oh, my God. And the lyrics, like, just every single song, it's just the lyrics. They're yeah. so spirit-filled as well. And when you see her speaking in videos and just, like, I don't know, just, like, interviews, if you ever see one, she's just got so much uh, experience in life and soul behind the words that she says. And that's yeah. so evident in her music as well. So tell him as well, like, let me be patient. Let me be mm-hmm. kind. Make me unselfish mm-hmm. without being blind. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> that's what I want to be. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to be unselfish. So it's almost like a, um, what's the word to use? <clears throat> it's like the almost words that you can meditate on, you know, words that you can actually say to yourself to affirm yourself and to take yourself down a good path. And I feel like when I'm going a bit crazy sometimes, playing that song calms me down. The tempo yeah. is beautiful. The tone is beautiful. The message is fantastic. So Tell Him is my number two. Another song I used to play in graphics back to back, just on loop, <laughs> like it was Bible verses or something. Yeah. Um, and my number one is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys know this. You guys know this because I said it like episodes yeah. ago. Do you remember my interview episode? Yeah. Um, when I heard that song, I was set free, you know. <laughs> Come on, deep in my heart. That's what it was in me. Like, don't get me started again, but the fact that your answers are inside of you yeah. is fantastic because when you yeah. realise that, you stop searching for answers in other people and in other things. And that song is basically all about there's so much power inside of you. All you have to do is recognise it and kind of like wake it up, right up. Your answers are inside. Your power mm-hmm. is inside. Your strength mm-hmm. is inside. And once you have that knowledge, like she's in the song, and I made up my mind to defy my own destiny. And mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of another song that I like called Babe Truth. Um, and she just talks about all she can do is her best. And um, she says, you have everything. You don't need anything. It's like everything mm-hmm. is inside of you. And even from like a, a Christian perspective, it's like, you know, God is inside of you. Christ yeah. is inside of you. Like everything you need is literally right inside. Stop searching. It's literally all right here. So that song is a great affirmation as well. That's why it's my number one. Okay. <laughs> so that's my number one. Now I have two or three honorable mentions. Yeah. I've got three. Sorry. But two of them were on your list. So okay. I... I used to love him with Mary J. Blige. Absolutely fantastic yeah, song. Yeah. To Zion as well. I love oh. to Zion. <laughs> to Zion is, and I think it's just the guitar as well. That's Spanish. Yes. Oh my too. gosh. Oh, fantastic. And then I also Superstar. I think Superstar is really nice as well. I just like the way it sounds. I think that's probably like my third honorable mention. But yeah, I used to love him. To Zion and Superstar. Those are my three honorables. So, do what didn't even make it to your honorable mentions. <laughs> you know, I think it's because, like, it's like, what's the point? Like, we all like do what. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's a good song. It's a good video. It's got a good vibe. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Other songs in the album deserve a bit more light. So I thought, let me bring that light today. True, you know. True, true. Yeah. Um. But it, then again, having said that, I did still put X Factor there. Mm. Um. But yeah, but none of us said I can't take my eyes off of you. 
And that's yeah, do you know why? I, I like yeah. that one, but I decided not to to get that to choose it because I think it's a cover, right? I don't think that's yeah, oh yeah, it is a cover. Yeah, so cover. I just thought, yeah, let me just of course it's okay. lovely, like her rendition's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't it didn't make my top five. So the ones <laughs> we did agree on was X Factor, Tell Him and Nothing Even Matters. Okay. And then we differed onto Zion, I used to love him. Um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill and Lost Ones. So we need to come up with our top five. We've got three we agree on. Okay. So then, okay, let's say, okay, do you know what I'm thinking we should do? Out of the three we agree on, we need to pick, they need to, we need to put them in order from one to three, then fight for the last two spots. (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's go. Let's go. So out of Tell Him, Nothing Even Matters and X Factor, which one do you think number one should be? It has to be X Factor. Yeah. Right? It has yeah. to be X Factor. I love X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Number two, number two has to be Tell Him. Instead of I used to love him. No, instead of um nothing even matters. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Number two, tell him. That's easy. So we got our order. So number one is X Factor, number two, tell him. Number three is nothing even matters. Number mm-hmm. four. <laughs> so obviously for number four, I put Oh, I put nothing even matters. Yeah. But then I also have miseducation and lost ones. Mm-hmm. So if I were to reshuffle that list, I would put. Hmm, oh, I put miseducation. For number I know four. You if, I, <laughs> if I had to, and obviously it's my number one, but you've chosen not to even put it on your list for some odd reason. So I would like it to be number four at least. Thank do you. you know why? Okay, do you know why I wouldn't put? Do you know why Miss Education wouldn't be on my top five? Right. Because I deep that the meaning is amazing. Like obviously it's a lovely meaning, but it's not something. It's an enjoyable song, but I just feel like there's better songs. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes you on a journey. <laughs> it does, and it's a deep meaning. And you know what? She named the album after like the song is actually named after the album. So that's exactly like. I wouldn't be surprised if that's her favourite song on the album, for goodness sake. It would be mine. Yeah. I mean, it is mine. <laughs> okay, okay. Miss Education, number four. Okay, thank you. And number five. It can't oh, be Lost one. Ones. I'm sorry, we're not going to put oh. that for number five. <laughs> number five has to be... Um, to Zion. To Zion? Do you think of, To Zion or I Used to Love Him? Which one's better? Oh... I think about I used to love him is sometimes because I listen to it a lot and then sometimes I'd skip it because like halfway through I just felt like it was just going on and on and on and on. <laughs> like I loved it. It was like, he's so my heart. It's like, okay, so we get it. Like yes. it would kind of go on. <laughs> Whereas what's the other one again? What was the other one? Um, It was uh, To Zion. Whereas as To Zion, okay, there is a part at the end where she goes, my joy. Mad joy, you know, just... Mad joy. firstborn son. No wonder. <laughs> um, I think to Zion. Oh, I used to love him. I'd actually go for to Zion for number five. Wherever I used to love him, because I think I get less annoyed with that sometimes than I do with I used to love him. Same. I agree. I feel like to Zion should be the last one. I think it's not an obvious pick. And mm. I think it's such a good song. Um, so we've got our top five. Number one is X Factor. Yeah. Number two, Tell Him. 
Uh-huh. Number three, nothing even matters. Number yeah. four, miseducation of Lauren Hill. And number yeah. five, to Zion. I actually like that list, you know. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I do like it. I do like it. There are some on other songs, obviously, that are amazing, but top yeah. five has to be those ones. Yeah, definitely top five. If we could agree on just one honorable mention, mm-hmm. if you could only pick one that we both have to agree on, what would you suggest? Hmm. I think that there's you can't get away with not not making it do up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to let do up go. Can't let do up go. Do you know when that song plays and you hear that, and it's two times in it. Hey. <laughs> Another thing is though when I was hey, hey. how can you not? When I was um listening to Do What, when it came on and I was listening to the album, I was like, yeah, this one hits. Like I couldn't deny it. I was having a really, really good time <laughs> when I listened to it. And the message is fantastic too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess. It just, it just feels really basic. I know it does feel like the obvious pick, but yeah. I just think sometimes the obvious pick is is the one you need to pick anyway. Can we talk about some other hits that she has that aren't as popular, like the sweetest thing? Is that on the album, Miss Education? Album? No, it's not. It's not. It's from it's from some other album or like some other. No, do you know what? She has so many lovely songs that I was thinking of, but they're not from the Miss Education album. The sweetest thing is a lovely song. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. I love that. Yeah. Killing me softly. Yeah. Like that song, look at my eyes open and wide. That song, I used to sing that song every day. Like, mm. you know, I used to just sing a song under your breath. That would just come out of my lips without any thought. Strumming my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be strumming my face with his fingers. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was my no. Song. My favorite part is um, I heard he sang. Yes. Song. Yeah, it's just a beautiful song. I uh. think that song is a cover of like some old song as well, actually. But um, that's another really good one. I also really like um, this song that she has with Mars that came out recently called Nobody. And she doesn't do much, like many features nowadays, to be honest with you, like just much music in general. I think yeah. her album is sufficient, you know, for the years to come. You know, good for her. But she did like a feature with um, Prisha T. She did one with John Legend ages ago, just like random people here and there. But Nas dropped an album a few months ago. And the song is called Nobody that she's on. And the first two verses are his and the third one is hers. When her voice comes in, mm. it's authoritative. It's like, yeah, this track belongs to her. It's so like deep and it just commands the room. <laughs> like wow. it's, it's so it's such a good, like such a really, really good it's back as well. Such a really, really good verse. And every time I play it, I'm just like, yeah, like she's the queen. There's something about her voice. It kind of reminds me of like. Everybody else's child's play. Like, even though she's been away for a while, when you hear her voice on that yeah, track, it's exactly. like, yeah, that's Lauren Hill. Sorry, you can't deny it. So nobody's yeah. a really good song as well. I also really like her MTV Unplugged album too, when she was like, you know, Oh my the gosh. Industry. My yeah. favourite song on that one is um, Peace of Mind. i got to find Peace of Mind. Oh my <laughs> God. Do you know how oh much I God. love that song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That that song, it's the it's the, the guitar at the beginning for me. <laughs> it's like here we go. <laughs> it's about to start. 
I got a five piece of mine. I got a five piece of mine. Oh, so every, oh. every, every once in a while, I'll go on that album and I'm like, press, I'll press play on like a random one just to see if I like it. Because I haven't listened to the whole thing in full because it's quite a long, I think it's like a part one and a part two and everything. But um, there are t- three other songs on the album that I really like. I really like Mr. Intentional. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that one before. That one's really, yeah. really good. I, I really like I Get Out. That song is oh, my jam. yes. It's very like it's almost vicious that somebody at one point she's like screaming animal conditioning like she, she's going this in. Was, this was going through it. <laughs> I'm starting to really enjoy it. And then another one called Just Like Water is really really good as well. And then yeah. another one that begins with F. Hold on, Freedom Time. Yes, Freedom oh, Time. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, Freedom Time is really really good too. Same, nah. She's yeah. she's the best. Like, and you know what I like about her? Do you know? I think. If she like was always out there, always coming up with albums, always had songs out, we wouldn't savor her music as much. But because she's she's like limited edition exclusive, like you can't Mm -hmm. just have access to her music like that and her thoughts, processes, and all of that. It's just lovely. Even when she did the song with Bob Marley, um, turn your lights down low. So (laughs) don't get me started on this lady because I love her. I love her. So good. <laughs> when I first heard that song, I played it on loop again. I wanted to live inside it. That was the, that was the first time I I knew what it meant to want to live inside something. There's <laughs> no other way for me to express my love than to desire to live inside this song right here. Oh. So beautiful, so stunning. Yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely. Wait, so Lauren Hill is married to. Um... One of Bob Marley's son. What's his name? Oh, is he, is she married to the guy that did the the um the feature with Whiskey? Bless Damien Marley. Or am I getting confused? No, no, I don't think it was Damien. I think she was. I think she was married. If not married, then like going out with one of his sons. But I don't remember which one. Okay. I'm not too good with her with her history on that side or her relationship past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it was one of the stunts, but I don't know if they were like, I don't know what's still together, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast with Joyce and Adefala. So, that was fun, you know, to go through a bit of Lauren Hill there. Yeah. No, 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 I love her stuff and I think, but do you know what? It's weird because obviously the way that I got to first know her was through the Sister Act 2 movie. Yeah. Um, and her voice was beautiful, like she was a great singer. And then I think Sister Act came out in like 92 or 93. And then the late 90s, we see her like kind of drifting away from singing and more like rapping and all of that. And I just feel like her, obviously she's so talented, like she can do both. But I, I felt like her power was in her singing voice. And I what just, think? yes. And then she started yeah. singing less and less. Honestly, Adafala, her singing voice is exquisite. It's her tone, mm. her control, everything. And I mm. think that like not a lot of singers, I don't know any singers that sound like Lauren Hill personally. Oh, yeah, like her voice is so specific. Yeah. But yeah, she just started rapping a lot. And 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 a lot of people can rap. Mm. But not a lot of people can sing. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I don't even know. Like the timeline for me is just messed up. I guess like you, I knew about Sister Act. Mm. And then I probably first heard this education, like maybe when my sister was playing it when I was in year nine or something like that. I don't even know. But I did know about the Fugees as well. And I have a feeling that she was on the Fugees before she was on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was like rapping with the Fugees before she was 
insist to act, but she was doing some rapping and singing then too. But I do get what you mean. Like I do like her rapping, but her voice is spirit filled. Uh, like when when you say a gift from God, that's what that is. Yeah, fantastic. And that's I'm why kidding. I kind of defend her with everything inside. I have this one friend that every time I talk about Lauren Hill, he's like, "Please, she's always late for her show. She's not. She's just on new music. Blah blah blah." Yeah. And I get it. Like, okay, fair enough. She's late sometimes, and. Apparently she doesn't even like if you go on YouTube and you try to listen to her singing one of her songs at her concerts, a lot of the time the um composition is very different from <laughs> <laughs> and somebody says that she sings her songs like that because she doesn't have the rights over her music or something like that. I haven't what? done much re- yeah, apparently. I haven't done much reading into that. But it's like obviously I'm no I'm no Jesus, but I have so much grace for her because I just love her so much. <laughs> Like, yeah. I know she's always late, but I actually, I don't care. And I think you can do that when you're that amazing. Like, I know, I know. Like, okay, three hours late, or not turning up. Fair enough, it's not fair, but I forgive her. <laughs> if I went to a show and she came there really late, I'd actually, I guess I would expect her, but it wouldn't really put me off too much because I like her as an individual. And I just think that she just gets no love compared to other artists who also move really, really crazy and that are cancelled time and time again. And everybody always forgives them. But it's like she's been low-key, like, eternally cancelled by a big group of people because of her lateness and because of her, like, time in jail or whatever, because of her taxes or whatever. (laughs) And I just feel like, why is there no grace for her? As in, people are so ready to make fun of her and her lateness and make that the reason why she's just kind of pushed to the side when she's such an amazing artist. And other artists have done, like, ten times worse. And I'm not even cancelled for up to five minutes. That just confuses me. Yeah, no, I get it. I think a lot of like black artists are kind of held at like a higher regard. Yeah, that's why when they make mistakes, it's kind of like you know made to be like a big deal because like we're expected to be perfect. Do you got what I mean? Like, oh my god, you should be so grateful that you're on this position anyway. Mm -hmm. And she's like always come across as someone who's like just gonna be authentically who she is, regardless of whether you think she's weird, wacky, (laughs) not normal. Like she's not bothered by that. Um, And she's like, she always seemed like an old soul because I watched this, um, it's not like an interview, but it was like a speech she gave at like a a high school in America. Oh, she's wearing Um, orange. Yeah, she's wearing orange and she's got her dreads. Yeah, I love that. And she's she's talking and then she says, oh, because I'm 25. I was like, what? 25? (laughs) And you were talking like that? Yeah. Crazy. Wow. It, It really put things into perspective for me because I was like, People always make it like there's always that phrase of oh you're um, wise beyond your years or whatever and there's this whole idea that age brings wisdom but clearly not. Um, I don't even think you need to experience too many things in life to be wise. I just think you have to try and understand and go on a journey of understanding. The smallest things that you go through can really explain a lot of things that you that you experience in life and a lot of things that you see. Like you don't have to go through the biggest wars and the biggest battles and different to the age of 100 to be able to dish out good advice I feel like that doesn't matter I think what matters is observation and like reference and trying to understand oh why is this happening to me or like why am I feeling like this and then you can use that to inform your understanding of yourself as an individual and I think that's what she had as well so I think being 25 had nothing to do with that imagine someone saying to you like oh my gosh you're so wise mm. being like you're so like I, I, I think that is- you up that would gas you up. Like, yeah. it's such a nice compliment. Like, because yeah. I think it's so rare to find people that are wise. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, the wisest people, are, they don't even talk too much. But when they do, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like full of wisdom. And I think that's so rare because, you know, like, obviously, like in the day and age that we're in social media and everyone has a platform to speak, everyone has yeah. a platform to give their opinion. We're here like on a podcast giving our opinion and stuff. And so we hear so many conflicting opinions and ideologies all the time. So to kind of sift through all of that and find something that is like pure, authentic and is actually wisdom. Yeah. feels rare in a way do you know what I mean so yeah. when you hear it and you sense it you're just like oh my goodness like you're you're really wise yeah even on that note like do you feel like you you're easy to move as in you know you can hear something amazing and like that moved you like do you feel inspired and moved by things on a regular basis or do you think it takes a bit more for you to actually hear something and be like wow that was that was so profound um does it happen regularly? I guess in small ways it can happen regularly. Like I can watch mm-hmm. a video and it can like inspire me, but there's like moments where it inspires you so much so that you actually change. So mm-hmm. I don't think real inspiration is like when you just watch a video and you feel like, oh my God, that's really cool. And then you feel that little inspiration. I think real yeah. inspiration is when like there's something to show for it. Like there's something mm. to show for how this influenced you or affected you or made you view or see your own life. So for me, those that kind of inspiration happens, you know, less regularly, like more rarely. Um, but yeah, the little things, like I can even watch a TikTok video and feel like, oh my God, that's so deep. Do stuff, do stuff. <laughs> and then swipe onto the next one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think like that, that has a lot to do with like um, within church culture, like we hear a lot of stuff that people may consider really wise or really deep. But because Whoa. you're so readily available and you're so used to hearing that's why I find that guy so funny do you know the guy I sent you the TikTok of he's called Shama um I've got the name of his YouTube channel it was basically like where he's taking the mick out of like um pastors oh and yeah pastors and stuff like that yeah <laughs> what makes his content so funny is that he's able to get the everyday pastor that we see that's always dropping those gems and alliteration yeah. with their words and making us feel like, oh my God, so deep, so deep, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of show the humour behind it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so because we're used to that that a lot within the church culture, it can, you can kind of become desensitised to it. Whereas if you're not used to always hearing those gems or hearing that really good advice, it might come across a bit more inspirational. Yeah, and it really does bug me when I listen to a message and there's just bare alliteration and it's just like, what are you doing? It's not every day. Like, oh, it, it frustrates me so much. In fact, sometimes <laughs> I will devalue the message because supposed <laughs> to do alliteration. It's not an English lesson. Uh, like, it gets on my nerves. And I guess they, it kind of relates to school, you know, sometimes repetition or saying things in a certain way can get ingrained into your head. Mm-hmm. But I start to wonder, like... So you're telling me that God gave you all of this, these alliterations, as in like, he was like, okay, now say this. Okay, now say that. <laughs> now write it down. I <laughs> said it in the sermon. Or maybe I'm just too judgmental or something like that. And especially because growing up, it was like, the points in sermons and messages growing up were not alliteration. They weren't demonstrations. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, Jonah waited, no Jonah, last person I could say, so-and-so waited on God. That's point number one. Number yeah. number one, wait on God. That's literally it. That was that was the longer short of it, but there are so many like the power dessert determines your principle, like your principle into <laughs> your prayer. And it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> please, I get it. Yeah, like why am I being taken on this weird journey? You know, and I just don't like uh, faux inspiration. I don't like it when 
somebody says something with the hope of moving you. And I know that sounds a bit weird. I mean, I guess the reason why we have a podcast is to maybe help somebody or move somebody, help them to relate to something that we say. But it's like, there comes a certain pressure when you're on a platform. And on that platform, you're meant to ideally change lives or God's supposed to work through you to help change people. I struggled to see how at some point that won't turn into you just forcing it in the hope that somebody's going to be moved because that's kind of what your job is. And yeah. I don't want to be a victim of that. So I feel like sometimes if I'm in church or if I'm at an event, I'm a bit a bit weary of whoever is preaching because I'm like, I don't want to just be another happy clapper in the auditorium that's taking up everything you're saying without really thinking about, are they just saying this to get me excited and get me emotional? Or is this actually like a word from God? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can always sense like when someone's kind of not doing it from an authentic place or trying to get some sort of reaction out of the the crowd they're ministering or just talking to. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I think that the issue is not only with the speakers, whether it's a pastor, a motivational speaker, even a teacher, whoever it is, yeah. sometimes there's a sense of they feel a sense of like, um, how do I put it it's like a misplaced responsibility like for example yeah. a worship leader could go up onto the stage yeah and they're just there to worship God but you're in the crowd thinking mm, I wonder if you're gonna move are you gonna sing my song today <laughs> you don't sing my yeah. song I'm not I'm not lifting my hands yeah, so, yeah. you come into the service and you're like the pastor doesn't speak to my situation right now I don't know I, I just might my faith that and it's kind of like this person is just there to kind of speak about what God is speaking to them about and this season maybe concerning the church but if you come with an attitude of if I'm not moved today if they don't hit the spot today if I'm not (laughs) leaving here so inspired it's kind of like well that kind of attitude is kind of problematic um and I think that's why a lot of people have issues with like um the you know the health and wealth prosperity gospel churches because a lot of what they do is to just flatter people with like inspiration flatter people with everything in your life is going to be perfect flatter them and it and everyone is coming together to indulge in emotionalism and that's not really the reality of life like some Sundays or some days you're going to come to church and you're not going to be moved do you get it yeah <laughs> so what you, what you gonna do then so I think this this um this craving that a lot of us have to kind of be moved into constantly be inspired is a bit unrealistic hmm yeah it's interesting you say that because I remember one prayer point or one thing that was always said in church on Sundays was I don't want to leave today (laughs) you said it (laughs) I don't want to get into my car the same way that I got into it from my house (laughs) (laughs) like people genuinely want their life to turn around within that three hour service five if you're going to Uh like a really really African church (laughs) feel like a five hour service and it's like the more time you spend there and the more time, like the louder you shout amen, sometimes it feels like maybe then my life will change. Maybe then my life will change. And I remember uh, going to church in the mornings and my mum would always be like, okay, for someone pray. And I'd be like, oh, goodness, I don't want to pray. And if it was just me that ended up doing it, I'd always, <laughs> I would always say, oh, basically praying that we wouldn't leave the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd pray that, that prayer every Sunday. <laughs> And I didn't feel different every Sunday. I felt the same, the same anger that I was even going to church in the first place. So yeah. I was definitely leaving. I was definitely leaving the same every single Sunday. <laughs> uh, the same anger, leaving the same anger. And it's just like, I just wonder how many things we say without meaning it. But that even applies to outside of our faith as well. We always say things that we don't mean. We always hope for things that 
deep down we kind of like was actually that was actually going to happen we just want it to happen you know um and we say things like oh by god's grace or if it's in his will we're just like throw away terms like that <laughs> all the time we don't god even like con- <laughs> that they hit you with the god is in control <laughs> god's in control <laughs> when you when you hear that, just know this person you're talking to you can't help you anymore. It's over. It's over. Like, Give it to God. Because <laughs> I can't help. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. But no, do you know what? When you say that thing of may we never be the same, like, you know, not return to, you know, the same old life. I, I, I that used to scare me when I was a kid because I used to take it literally like we're oh. actually not going to be the same. Like, <laughs> I used to be like, oh my gosh, like what's going to, you know, and what's gonna happen? Way, like there's no place that's dramatic as the church. Like honestly, <laughs> we love God and God is doing amazing things. Yeah, but we will dramatize that up. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. It's so weird how like, you kind of think about these things when you're older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back then, everything just felt so imminent. Yes. It was like, I don't know, it's like you expected things to happen straight away. And it's just kind of sad because as you grow up, you realize things actually do take time. And it's like, why are we praying about financial issues every single Sunday? Why is it that every single watch night next year is going to be the year of breakthrough? <laughs> Huh, this year your life is gonna turn around. Everything you've been praying for and seeking God is gonna come. The harvest, the heart. Hey, they can never like, tell you that this year might be a bit of a waiting season. They can't yeah. tell you. Like every year, I'd be like, wow, things are about to change. Every single first of January felt so like, oh my god, like almost scary to some degree because everything was gonna be so different this year because it wasn't yeah, so different yeah. last year. And it's just kind of sad to almost become, dare I say, realistic in life and realize, oh, all of these things take time. And it's like what I was saying to you a few days ago um, when I wasn't well and I was literally like, God, I need you to help me now. As in, if you don't help me now, as in like, literally like you need it now. And sometimes I wonder like, if you literally, if God himself said, cry out to me, I'll call on to me, I'll answer you, whatever. Knock and it shall be open. It's like, I'm knocking, I'm calling. Like, what more do you want me to do? Like, the fact that I'm asking you is evidence of my faith, right? And sometimes I wonder, why don't these things happen straight away? Like, I know God is in a microwave. I get that there are factors into why these things don't happen instantly. But situations like that and situations of sheer desperation when I'd see people praying in church clearly for something that they really, really needed, but they were doing that throughout the years, it's like so so what's going on but at the same time I guess in general Christianity is a very optimistic faith it's literally to be sure of what you hope for and to be certain of what you can't see that is hopeful that is to some degree as some people would say unrealistic it's optimistic you know what I mean but sometimes I wonder how far do you go before it becomes like oh, I keep trying and nothing is happening but at the same time that's the only place where you get that motivation and the optimism from do you get what I mean yeah yeah no I, I think I hear what you mean with that so much because I think in a lot of charismatic circles we're introduced to this god of like um instant effect mm-hmm. I called his name and he came in that second you know <laughs> and my life yeah. changed you know 
in their testimony yeah. <laughs> or in their story, it seems in, it seems like it just happened instantly in a flash. But I think the way that God works in people's lives is is different depending on who you are. And I think it's good practice as Christians to build discipline, like and to work upon godly principles. And godly principles are waiting on God. That is a part of building faith. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I can't I can't really say that I have such a great faith if I've never been in a season of waiting, if everything I asked God to do, he did for me instantly, that means I don't have faith. He's, he's just um, a magician. He does it instantly. Like, that's not really what faith is. Um, and I think if we focus more on the principles of like, you know, prayer, fasting, reading your word, they sound mundane and they sound boring. I think we see more breakthrough in that through our faithfulness and discipline to God um, than, you know, through just obsessing over the miraculous and obsessing over um, things that happen instantly. Not to say that God doesn't move in that way, but I think we should avoid making the exception the rule. Do you mm. get it? That something, so, yeah. Sometimes something can happen exceptionally in someone's life. And then you you feel that that happens to, that has to be the rule, but that's not the rule. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Not to restrict God or whatever, but I just think, yeah, sometimes our perspective on things can hinder our uh, perspective of God's character oh you know what I'm so happy you said that because it reminded me of something I even told myself a while ago or a prayer that I have or a desire I have in my heart is to see things the way God sees them because mm-hmm. I do not have his eyes and if you saw yourself the way God saw you if you saw the world the way God sees the world if you saw your situation the people around you with as much love as God saw them as well if you saw your desires, the way he sees them. It's like, I would not be approaching any of these things I just listed in the same way if I just had, saw things through what I call the God lens, almost like, um, what's it called? A magnifying glass or like yeah. a pair of eyeglasses, like putting those things on and see things the way God sees them. It's like, okay, I wanted that with my own eyes, but with God's eyes, I can see that I can now understand why I need to wait. Or I saw this person in a certain way with my own eyes, but now through the God lens, I can see things in the way that God wants me to. And that's so much better for me and for the people around me um, mm-hmm. than, you know, than my own eyes. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Like you feel the way you feel, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you're questioning God, all of that, because you're looking at him through your own eyes. Mm-hmm. But it's like, don't do that because it's not going to help you out. This one song called Not In A Hurry by Will Reagan. You know, Joseph Solomon, he, he covered that song a while ago, actually. A really, really nice song. Right. Um, and there's a line in it where he says, um, I want to see through your eyes, basically. Like, I want to see through God's eyes. Or even deeper by Israel Houghton, he says, break my heart with the things that break your heart. And it's only this oh, year, yeah. after all those years of thinking, what is he talking about? What do you mean break my heart? <laughs> break God's heart. It's like, help me to be as compassionate as you. Help me to be as merciful as you, as graceful as you, as understanding as you. Basically to walk in God's shoes or to be Christ-like like a Christian is meant to be is to have a God perspective. Have your heart broken by the same things as God to be able to forgive people or to be able to be patient and have understanding and have faith. So, yeah, I'm glad to share that because it reminded me like to desire and to focus on seeing things the way that God sees them. Life is like a good pair of rose tinted glasses, the right pair of, Mm -hmm. you know, rose tinted glasses. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, honestly. Like, that's just what it boils down to. Um, And I I wish that more Christians would be like more honest and more truthful because I think sometimes. 
like I, I love to say like how dramatic we are yeah and how weird mm-hmm. we love to be in <laughs> <laughs> uh, us doing that I think sometimes we rob people of the reality of the process the process of being a Christian the process of of some of the seasons of life that we walk in and when we mm. refuse to be honest about that when other people experience it and are honest with themselves they think that there's something wrong like oh, I'm the anomaly like there's something here that's not like, adding up like whereas when we choose to be honest and, and I think more people in our generation are willing to be honest. I, I would say more so than yeah. our parents. Like yeah, our parents' yeah. generation was just like, God is in control. I don't want to talk about it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. I mean, that's so dangerous, but they, they seem all right with it. So I don't know about that one. Exactly. Um, whereas with us, we're more we're more willing to kind of um open up about it and speak about it. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. become as taboo. Um and yeah, I would like to think that like. In, in regards to that, that's kind of changing a bit more. Yeah, definitely. I have a random question for you, actually, because I have this friend who sometimes, like, something will happen to her, and she'll be like, I think this is just God punishing me because I said that woman is ugly last week or something like that. <laughs> do, you, do you think that, or not even do you think, I'm asking you as a genuine question because I get confused. Does God, God still punish people? Does he punish people? Does he do things because you did something? Or does grace extend to that? Because sometimes I'm like, it doesn't sound like God would make you miss your bus because you laughed at someone that fell down last week. Yeah, but, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think so. I think that um, it's like it's like you doing something bad and then God saying, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to get you next week. <laughs> yeah like it doesn't sound like god to me i, I saw this tiktok the other day yeah and the the tiktok basically said oh, it's gonna be hard for me to explain but i hope you guys get the drift um when the holy spirit comes to you and says you need to spend more time with me and then you're like no nah, like i'm busy and then you get slapped with um <laughs> conviction and spiritual warfare and then the, i think it's a meme that they put over the top and 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 god is like let him get up let him get up <laughs> anyway um I don't think that's the nature and character of God and I think that like because we're under the covenant of grace um things are different for us like we can repent and come to God so with that being said um I don't think God intentionally chooses to punish punish us and be like I'm going to punish you for this especially when we like repent and come to him you know he forgives us but I do think that there are consequences and principles of life that will prevail Uh, do you got what I mean so obviously when it comes to small things of calling that lady ugly or whatever (laughs) I don't think I don't I don't really think that's really relevant but there are for example I could um I could go and steal from a shop and go and say to God you know I'm really sorry I'm so convicted I shouldn't have done that but the consequences is that I will I will be punished for that like the the law is still the law the law could care less whether God forgave you or not (laughs) do you know what I mean I will still have to serve my time because I'm a thief and I've now stolen from that shop do you know what I mean so I think in that sense you you can be punished there are consequences for that but do I think that like God goes out of his way to punish us no because I think God's faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him yeah of course so yeah, I, I, and I think that's why people people struggle with the concept of grace, Adafala, because it's unbelievable. <laughs> that's the point, isn't it? It's actually <laughs> unbelievable. Like yeah. it's it it, it is. It, you will always struggle to understand that. Like as in, huh? Like this grace, like what? Like because as human beings, we're just so used to 
you know, living a life of consequences, which is the reality. But yeah, with this, with this grace thing, it's just how it is. How about you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, every time she says it, I'm like, I have to say to her, God is not punishing you. Like, you just called her ugly. That's actually your own fault. I don't think that's linked to this bad thing happening to you today. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But I did sometimes, I guess she would say with so much, uh, what's the word? Like, so much casual casualness that I start to wait, be like, wait a sec, did God actually do that to you? Or are you just saying like a figure of speech? Um, but I guess that's when you think of the whole dispensation thing because back in the day God did do things because someone did something that wasn't supposed to be done you know or, um, I, I, I saw someone tweeting in the Old Testament God was on smoke like, he was he will kill you so fast <laughs> he was like there is that story of oh, I don't know this guy's name in the Bible but they were holding like was it the ark or something like they were holding something yeah. sacred yeah, yeah yeah and then it, it was literally gonna fall down so he tried to oh. hold it up and god killed him and it's like I'm god, said, to help god said that's what you're not gonna do is touch my ark yeah was it his ark it was something something holy I like read that. that i remember that yeah it was the co- ark of the covenant covenant of the what's that thing called people will come and say these are the christians in the community <laughs> yeah we know what we're talking about i know what i mean (laughs) yeah the covenant something they were like walking through a crowd maybe and like you know it was just getting off balance so the guy said okay let me help it back up god said dead even back even in the bible i was reading um in hebrews it's chapter 9 and 10 it talks about like um you know the holies of holies and how like there was the tabernacle and um these high priests would go in to the holies of holies but if you had sinned best believe you're coming out dead <laughs> you don't <laughs> die you ain't coming out and I was just thinking raw. like imagine being a high priest of course you fully well know you sin so you're going mm-hmm. there to essentially die and yeah. it's just it, it, you know what it's the contrast between the old and and new covenant is just like it shows the beauty of the cross like yeah. you know like th- and when people say like every scripture points back to Jesus I've really been seeing it a lot lately because like he literally tore the veil like so now I'm able to access you know the presence of God in the holy of holies like that is crazy to me um and so yeah that's why like um it's mad I've got so I've got 101 thoughts going on in my head right now do you know you have like you have vessels in like which one do I pick (laughs) what was the point that we were talking about before I guess like the like okay dispensations and how in the past God actually like yeah did so, kill people but like the whole holiness thing I think you know the whole ark thing I think it was because that thing was holy and the individual wasn't so it was like <laughs> I'm so sorry but you're gonna die because you shouldn't have touched that and yeah. it's nothing personal you just you're just not holy enough <laughs> don't hold it against me now <laughs> don't hold it against me it's just a principle I'm sorry oh man but yeah so yeah. what were you gonna say. What I was going to say was in terms of like punishment, I think that an interesting concept is um, when we talk about like generational curses, because the Bible does talk about like um, these curses visiting the third, up to the third and fourth generation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's nothing to do with like the fourth generation probably don't even know what their forefathers did, but they're now paying for it. Um, yeah. But I think in, in that context for Christians, it's a bit different because because of what Jesus has done, like we're able to 
disassociate ourselves from those things and be like, I separate myself. You should see the churches. You should see the African churches when it comes to that. They know all about separating themselves from the thought part. But yeah, no, separating yourself or, or, or like, you know, coming under the, under grace, under the blood of Jesus so that those things don't affect you. Um, but yeah, whether, whether God does punish people that are not believers or, you know, that sort of thing, that's a whole other conversation. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My, my instinct is to say no, like he doesn't. Sometimes I'd be like, wait, does he? No, like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why under this whole grace thing, God will still be out here punishing people for calling someone ugly. Like he's not like that. I don't think he did that in the past anyway. Like I think if he punished people, it's because they like went against his word or something crazy like that. You know, it wasn't just for nothing. Yeah. Um, so there are still some instances in the Bible where I think there was one instance where he told somebody or like a group of people to kill loads of people who were perceived innocent mm-hmm. and people always question like why did God make that order to kill all of those innocent people that stuff I'm still trying to understand because I actually don't know the answer but you know there is always a Christian out there that will give you the answer because they were dedicating their lives to understanding why God did all of these things back in the day why he was seems to be a God of wrath you know or why being a jealous God doesn't actually mean jealous, it actually means this. <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's one side of our faith that I don't I don't really go into too much because I start to get a bit confused. Yeah, no, it can be confusing for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But some would say, so you need to understand it because it's your faith, right? Uh, then... You know those people right there, I just <laughs> tell them, take it easy. Yeah. Take it yeah. easy. Um, can we can we quickly talk about that? Um that video you sent to me about this guy saying he was in Stratford. <laughs> oh! <laughs> like, I've been deep in it. I've been deep in it. I've been deep in it. Oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. I have to try and find it. No. Let's talk about these evangelists in the street <laughs> that will call you whether you like it or not. Oh, As in, my God. Definitely. Tell us your story time. Wait, I was walking. Where was I walking? I was near London Bridge, basically, near London Bridge, between London Bridge and Tower Bridge, walking by the river or whatever. Must have been like 8 p.m. or something, literally last week. I was on the phone to my sister and I see these two, it's always black people, I'll be honest, I see these two black girls in the distance. And as far as I'm concerned, they're minding their business, I'm minding mine, we're going in opposite directions. So I'm walking towards this park to go home. And someone goes, oh, excuse me. I turn around, why are they standing behind me? <laughs> I said, hi. And they were like, oh, um, hi, what's your name? I said, my name is Adolf Plaza. I think I know where this is going. Um, it's either they're going to say they like my hair or they're going to talk to me about God. Two black yeah. girls, one or the other. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, my name is Adolf Plaza. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. They go, oh, we're from, I'm from a church called... <laughs> <laughs> my sister could hear the conversation she was like low in the back uh, <laughs> because she knew who that church was and I was like oh yeah um and they go oh are you a Christian I said yeah I'm a Christian oh do you go to a church yeah I go to a church um how's your relationship with God oh yeah it's really good I said and they were literally just like basically asking their go-to questions. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't been a Christian or if I had to say, oh, yeah, the relationship's been a bit tough recently or I don't have a church to go to, they would now know what they 
should say next. They would to, recruit you now. <laughs> to recruit me. Um, and I was thinking, this is interesting because that guy in the video was essentially saying that he did just that and they left him alone because they didn't know what else to say. <laughs> he said, I've got the cheat code, I've got the cheat code. I'll never forget this one time on campus in third year of uni, like near the beginning. So when I was TRF president, I was walking down campus and then some guy from another fellowship came up to me and goes, oh, hi, what's your name? Whatever, whatever. I said, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and he said, are oh, you a Christian? I said, yeah. And he goes, um, do you go to any fellowship? I said, yeah, I go to TRF. And he goes, really? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the president. He looks at me like, surely. <laughs> surely this one can't be your president. <laughs> oh my gosh the conversation was over shortly after that but it's just interesting that like when you say those words yes I believe in God yes I go to church yes my journey is great it throws them off it it does kind of throw them off and it's it's kind of weird to talk about because we shouldn't be talking about it like that apparently sometimes they'll give you a tester and be like what does it mean to be born again yeah and I just don't like that because I don't know you that's just too familiar like, I don't owe you an answer because now you're trying to have a conversation with me to make sure that I really know who God is. Like, mind your business. Like, I get we're trying to, like, you know, help each other get closer to God or whatever, but I'm working on my salvation. You do the same. Goodbye. Have a bus to catch. Something like that. Do <laughs> you know, a while ago, yeah, <laughs> there was this guy that was um, <laughs> trying to get to know me. And mm. we were talking, getting to know each other. He seemed like a really nice guy. Um, and then he went ahead and said to me, um, what does it mean? What, what, what does it mean to be born again? <laughs> that's, that's when I knew that was the, that, that was the last he was going to hear. <sighs> Not because it's a bad question, but it's awkward. It's like, if I've told yeah. you that I'm a Christian and you're asking me something like that, it's like you're trying to test the waters and I can give you like 101 answers to that. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm not new to this baby. I, I, I yeah. was I was born into this. I can give you a biblical answer. I can give you the liberal Christian answer. You know, I I just thought to myself, is this guy serious? Oh, such an awkward question. But um, yeah, no. Those people that come up to you on the street and just ask you 101 questions, it's it's, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. It's like, why are you trying to test me? I don't like it. It's like, you just don't have the right. It's that simple. Even if this guy is talking about now, it's like, I guess he just didn't want to be unequally yoked or... He yeah. to make sure that he was actually with an actual Christian. So there were some questions he had to ask, but it's just extremely off-putting and very unattractive. Like, just stop asking <laughs> me this question. Do you remember a while ago when we were in Peckham, yeah? <laughs> yeah. We had just come from recording. And then um, we were, like, on the high road and there were these people, like, I don't know what they were doing. It, were they, like, no, either preaching or... No, they were preaching, not singing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. And I, f- I always have mixed emotions about that because I always think about how other people who are not Christians will perceive what they're doing. And mm-hmm. generally, when someone's preaching on, on, on the street, and it ha- uh, in Uganda, there's so many street preachers, yeah? Mm-hmm. But here, less there's like a, a reduced amount. But I'm just thinking like, if I was not a Christian and I saw someone preaching on the street like that, I don't, I don't really think I'd be moved by that. I think what would move me more maybe is if like you're telling your story or your testimony, but you know, this whole thing of um, <clears throat> repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It just sounds like a movie. It sounds like a script that you're reading from and it yeah. sounds um, disingenuous. Like, you know, yeah. whereas it were, I think that people connect more to people's stories and people being authentically who they are rather than reading from a script, you know? You li- yeah, you're so right. Because I remember I was going for a cycle a couple of weeks ago 
And I stopped at a traffic light and there was like another cyclist in front of me and like a guy in a taxi and like some cars behind. And on the other side of the street was a woman preaching, saying exactly basically what you just said. <laughs> They're loud as well on her microphone, just like standing there. And people were just looking at hers and get a load of this woman, like, oh, look at her. Like she <laughs> like almost like you could almost hear them scoffing and looking at her with like, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening in real life. That kind of thing. You know, the truth is the truth. And some people, um, feel led to preach in that way because what she's saying isn't a lie that is actually the truth of our faith but I've never really thought that that was the angle that we should go off but some people argue that it is the angle the fact is that you're born into sin and you need to repent but some mm. people don't want to hear it like that no. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes I think there are other ways to present it without people making people feel so bad because you don't want to start their journey off on like a, a bit of taste of, oh, I'm just, there's just so much wrong with me that I have to. It's not like you have to, you're not obliged to, it's a decision that you make, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah I, I do agree with you, like telling your personal story, I guess, or just doing it on a personal level. I prefer that a lot more to like literally shouting on the streets and making people uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly, making them super uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I don't think they'll be too led to come up to you and ask them. So what are you talking about here? Especially when a lot of those street corner preachers, they tend to be quite homophobic. Have you noticed that? Like they just love to shout yeah. about abortion, um, homosexuality. That's all of the hot topics. That's all they <laughs> love. That's all they know. And he's like, do you expect people to love you after what you <laughs> just said? They hate you even and they'll more And they'll be like, I don't care if the world hates me. The world <laughs> hated Jesus. I don't care. <laughs> You're just like, come on. Come on. You're making you know this I mean? I, I so, think, so, so difficult. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there has to be a better way to evangelise, you know. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. have the answer right now, today, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but I just think there has to be more, a more of a personable way and like when we even read the word and like see the way that Jesus did it Jesus just came and like he basically came and told people stories like yeah. told people parables sat with people and actually spoke to them and not yeah. screamed and just like preached at them but spoke yeah. to them and told them stories and broke it down for them in a way that they would understand and I think um maybe that's what people need to think about how will people in my community understand and I, I often think that like by saying repent the kingdom of God is at hand. I don't think that's trying to <laughs> trying to help people understand you know what I mean. Like <laughs> the first thing they're thinking in their mind is so what? Like, <laughs> you know, or or they yeah. don't even they don't even know if what you're talking about is true, let alone, you know, it's relevance to their life. So yeah, I just think, yeah, trying trying to get to know people on an individual level. And I think every Christian should have um not I don't know how to put it, but every Christian should endeavor to to kind of maybe be more open about their faith in general um but yeah it's, it's a tricky one hmm. yeah yeah I think it's also important like if you do end up speaking to somebody about your faith someone who doesn't believe it's also important to speak about your struggles as well and to maybe even speak about your doubts and reservations because I think people always see Christians and to some degree, rightfully so, because that's the way we present ourselves as people who are without blame, people who are holier than thou, people who are better than and have no issues, have no problems. And people always say like, oh, how could a Christian do that? When a Christian does something mad, it's like, how can you do that and call yourself a Christian? It's like, (laughs) Christians be doing crazy things all the time. There's just someone who believes in God and who believes in grace, who believes in Jesus, all that stuff. So I think sometimes if I'm talking to somebody about my faith nowadays, 
whenever the chance arises or whenever the, the time comes, I just, I am honest about the fact that there are some reservations that I have. There are some times that I don't agree. There are some times where I fall short. Oh, there are some weeks where I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying too tough. And, but I still believe in God. And maybe I'm just saying this because I'm a bit biased, but it's like, if I was to hear that as somebody who wasn't a Christian, I'd be wondering, so there, so why do you still believe? If yeah, you yeah. Like, but in a good way, it's like, okay, so there must be more to it. As in like, yeah. you're praying and sometimes you feel like your prayers aren't being answered on time or you still have struggles, you still have doubts, you still don't always read your Bible all the time, but you still claim that you believe. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something belief the service that I need to understand myself as to why you would dedicate yourself to this thing, even though sometimes you feel like you might as well not do that, but something is still making you stay. I'd want to find out what that is. That's me personally, but maybe I'm just biased because I'm a Christian myself. But I'd like to hear like a personal story like that with the struggles, but to also wonder what is it that makes you stay despite the struggles that you have. And I think that's what makes a good way to to evangelize. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the personal stories that stick with us. You got what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can even watch a video or listen to a podcast and like, I won't remember anything you said, but I remember that funny or interesting or thought-provoking yeah. story that you told. So that's really yeah. what sticks with people most of the time, you know? It's the So You Can Relate podcast with Joyce and the Devil. So we wanted to talk a bit about... Uh, our petty, our petty pet peeves. <laughs> uh, how many do you have? How many do I even have? I think I've only got like three or four, you know. I thought I'd have a yeah, longer same, list. But... Same, same. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Let me get my list real quick. <laughs> so I've only got three right now. Yeah. The first one is when women put wife in their bio. Oh. It just pisses me off. I'm ah! sorry. Like, is it your brand? I think it's just for some women, it actually is their brand. And that makes me even angrier. Like, yeah. why is wife? Like, maybe I just don't get it because I'm not married or something. But it's like, why would I put wife in my bio? Is it because I don't want people to move to me thinking that I'm available? Mm-hmm. Or is it because I'm proud of being a wife? I guess, is that something to be proud of? I don't even know. Like, I usually <laughs> think it's a pride. It's like a pride thing, as I that they're so proud to be a wife, which is lovely. But it's just a bit like you rarely see husband. You know what I mean? Like I know, and if it is husband, it's usually like a Christian man. Like I've never seen no secular <laughs> man put in his <laughs> If I ever put wife in my mind, just know that I'm finished. Lord help me, because I can't oh, imagine doing that. No, for me, it's those people that put in their bio. Only God can judge me. You know that one that one is a gang member. <laughs> nah. I remember when someone was speaking about that once and they were like, Do you know who God is? <laughs> the judge of all. Yeah, he's gonna judge you right. Harder than I will, to be honest. Oh man. Uh-huh. <laughs> judge. But yeah, that's my first one. Like wife in your bio. Mother, I don't mind. Yeah, mother is cute, I guess. But it's just wife. It just gives me ownership. It's like, oh, I belong to him. Like, that's so cringe. Yeah, well, bye. So that's my first one. My yeah. second one is when I watch someone's story less than an hour after it's posted, I just don't like doing that. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm invading your privacy. You feel, you feel jobless even yourself. <laughs> so much. And the worst part is, like, nowadays you really can't tell. Unless you're on Instagram, you can, like, peek to see how... 
how fast, how long ago it was posted, but like there's been a couple of times. So there was one time I tapped on someone's story and it said 42 seconds. <laughs> oh! And I didn't know. I just like I just tapped on it because it didn't say like how yeah. long ago it was. On Snapchat, you can probably like maybe guess, you can gauge a tiny bit. But mm-hmm. on Instagram, it's much harder. And I just feel like such a loser when I watch a story and it was posted like five minutes ago. Like, why is my picture gonna be there when you see <laughs> one of the first pictures? So I hate when I watch someone's story too early, just piss me off. Another one I hate is when Instagram ads work on me. Like, I just feel like we're in an age where everywhere you look, there's an advertisement. As in, you're on the bus, bus stop, train, train station, Mm. YouTube, like everywhere, cookies, everything was just an advertisement. It really got to my nerve. So when an advert comes on, on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, that looks really nice. I feel like I've fallen victim to the machine. It's yeah. like, damn, I hate all of these things, but now it's working on me. And it just makes me feel really powerless. But what's so annoying? I'm so sorry. I've never watched the advert and thought, oh my goodness, let me head down to the shops right now <laughs> and pick that up. Like, for me, adverts never work for me. They never do. Like, the only thing I've seen is I keep lying to myself that I'm going to speak Spanish one day. And so <laughs> I, I see this advert on YouTube that comes on and it's like, you can watch like Spanish shows in Spanish and then, like if you don't understand something you click it and it will translate it for you but it's basically improving your Spanish that's the only one where I thought okay I might invest in this but otherwise I don't like advert like oh my gosh and like no like you said them bringing it to Instagram even on TikTok now yeah oh give us a break it literally feels like a dystopia like oh there's a scene in Clockwork Orange, which is like a book, like they also made a movie time ago. And they literally like, I don't know, I don't remember what they used, but they literally got the protagonist and they held his eyes open, either with like tape or clamps. And he had to like watch something on the screen, like force oh. these images into his mind. That's what it feels like for me sometimes when I'm like scrolling and there's just adverts everywhere or influencers. And I guess that's yeah. the nature of things. That's how you pay for free services nowadays is being able to be advertised to. But I just hate that there's no way to escape it sometimes and to actually download this app or to actually want McDonald's now. It's like, damn, <laughs> that's been work. Those are my those are my top three right now. I know how, I definitely have more, but it's not on my list. So what are yours? Um, oh, my first one is <laughs> I saw this on it. You know, when you watch um you watch someone else say it, like I saw it on a TikTok like yesterday or two days ago, and you realize how much it annoys you. <clears throat> So mm. it's basically when, when like, for example, if I say to you, Adefala, um, if we're like in a park and we see a guy and I'm like, oh my God, that guy looks so much like Jordan, a guy that we know mm-hmm. called Jordan. And you're like, he looks nothing like him. Oh my God. I'll actually cry. I'll scream. I hate it when I can <laughs> see a resemblance and then everyone's making out like, this person doesn't look like them. Like, I'm just like, so what do you mean? Can you not see it? <laughs> It happens to me too often. I'll be like, oh my gosh, you look so much like this person. And I'll be like, no, they don't. No, they don't look like them. That's one pet peeve of mine. Another pet peeve, which I feel like is a classic, is I'm so sorry, but if I see any man with a long pinky, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know where you're from. I want nothing to do with you. It's disgusting. And it means that you smoke, you're a weed taker. You take ganja. That's what you do because you need it to roll the weed, isn't it? Someone told me it's so they can pick their ears. Oh my gosh. 
every new reason I hear for the specification <laughs> of that of that long pinky gets worse and worse. It's so unattractive. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, it's so, so disgusting. <laughs> Another pet peeve of mine that's self-inflicted is the iPhone alarm sound. <laughs> oh my God, it's the sound of pain. Warzone. I'm sure they must play that sound in hell because <laughs> I... Oh God! It's a... You can say hell. <laughs> no, they play it in hell for sure, for sure. And the thing is, yeah, when you hear it in the morning, obviously it's horrible. But it's the worst when I'm more like watching a video and someone I hear it in someone else's video, and I'm just like, it reminds me of the pain associated with that sound. No, that sound speeds up my heart rate. Like no lie. <laughs> I don't know. It starts a bit like you can actually change it. But it's just like nobody does. Like we all hate it, but nobody changes it. Like, what is that bondage? Although one person that I know changes it is my sister. She stays downloading something, changing her alarm. And, you know, good for her because she wakes up in peace. I don't. Nowadays, because I don't have anything to do on, on the days that I have now, I just turn off my alarm full stop and I wake up when the spirit leads. So I don't have oh. an alarm. <laughs> like, I don't but, even trust myself to do that. Like, you see... <laughs> I will literally be having nothing to do the next day, but for fear of shame, mm. I will set an alarm regardless. Like, even if it's in a late, a late alarm, I'll set an alarm. Like, I yeah. hate, like, oh my gosh. And, like, the look that my mum will give me if I wake up late. Mm. <laughs> she won't even say good morning because it won't be the morning. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she hates that. That's definitely her pet peeve. She hates it. Like, if I wake up late, anything past nine o'clock for her is late. Really? 100%. You could have finished your last GCSE exam and you you finished your 20th exam. You dare wake up late. What do they want us to do? I don't know what they want from us. Like, sometimes there's nothing to do. Sometimes I'll be at uni, yeah? And my mum would call me, like, like, let's say I've had, like, a busy weekend. It's a Saturday. My mum would call me Mm -hmm. on a Saturday. And I'll miss the call until when I wake up. I'll be doing my voice. You know when you have that like deep voice oh, yeah. in the morning? That yeah. morning voice. I'll have to be it <clears throat> because I need to clear that voice. If she hears any sleep in my voice. Yeah. Oh, so you just woke up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nah, I will be clearing my throat because shame is free. There was one time where I was not meant to be sleeping. I think I was supposed to be up with somebody and they called me at the time I was supposed to meet and that call never woke me up. Oh no. I said, hello. <laughs> I tried to sound so awake, like I'd just gone for a run or something. And they were like, Where are you sleeping? I said down. <laughs> I tried to sound like I just woke up. I felt so miserably. But yeah. I definitely when I tell you sleep is strong. <laughs> Have you ever been so tired that like you slept on the train? Yeah. And your head is banging against the window. And sleep has taken you. You can't fight sleep. That's why. That's why the, they say on the motorway, tiredness kills because yeah, it will it just come on you, and you just. Like, <laughs> there was one. I was telling somebody a couple of days ago. There was one time, in the second year of uni, we went to a party, and I'd recently like sprained uh, the tendons in my forearm, so I had this cast. And we went oh. to a party that night too, and I had a GP appointment in Dagenham the next day. And meanwhile, uni is in Uxbridge. Um, we got back around four or maybe three. We just chilled in my room for a while. One of my friends left. I had my shower, put my clothes back on, or my, <laughs> my new clothes back on, and I went to Oxbridge to go to my appointment. 
And I had an essay due like the, the next day. <gasps> and I could and I could hardly type. I couldn't turn my arm to type on my laptop. So I was like, I need to write this on the train. Like I was so behind. So I got out my laptop on the train. Then I'll start writing my essay. Meanwhile, I was tired. I hadn't slept. I woke up, stops later <laughs> with my laptop, luckily just open on my lap. And I had probably spent about maybe five stops on the train. Oh my literally God. just sleeping. <laughs> but yeah, it was just crazy. Like literally falling asleep with my laptop on my lap on the Met line in the morning with a broken arm. Would it recommend? But I was so exhausted. The Met. Yeah line do you know how many life like do you know if people could put cameras on trains and see people's life stories on the train do you know how many times i've cried on the metropolitan line same oh I cried, my yeah. gosh i've been I crying on, on that train. train yeah it's a good train to cry on you know oh no Until everyone minds their business on their train <laughs> literally the first time i cried on the metropolitan line was um when i was reading so this is what happened to me yeah i went to go watch the movie the fault in our stars if i know a movie's gonna be sad I will I will mentally prepare. Like, I won't cry because I know that it's gonna be bad. Yeah, yeah. Went to the movie. I I, I held I held my own like a real G and <laughs> you know, finished the movie. I didn't know, I didn't know the book would be 10 times worse. <laughs> so I think I've watched this movie. I can do this. I grabbed the book at school, start reading the book. The book was calm until it got to basically, do you know that? Have you read the book, right? Yeah. Spoiler. It gets to the part where they do the funeral before the guy actually dies. So like the fake oh, funeral. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Was it the guy or the girl? I can't remember who died first. I think the guy died first, right? Yeah, he does. I cried like a baby on the Metropolitan Line. Oh. I cried. Like I was just like, life is so cruel. <laughs> so cruel. And then the next time I cried on the Metropolitan Line was when I got my A-level results. <laughs> Oh no, it was a good crying or bad crying. <laughs> it was horrible crying. I didn't get into my firm choice at all. I was screaming on the Metropolitan line. Like, oh, I was yeah. so upset. We need to do a whole episode of, of A-Level's results day because I can oh, talk about it for two hours. Mm-hmm. I was crushed. Like everything I had worked for. Yeah. I was just so like, when I woke up in the morning to open Newcastle to say, unfortunately, you... Telling you, that was a depressing day for so many of, so many people I know. Basically, none of my friends got the results they wanted that day either. And the way I found out that I got into our uni wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> I think I told you the story. It wasn't even on purpose. I wanted to go to Warwick, right? So I was yeah. expecting to, to go to Warwick. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. So I woke up at like, yeah, maybe my alarm was set for nine or something like that, for example. And I must have woken up a bit earlier, say around eight. <laughs> and I checked my phone to see the time. <laughs> And then I saw an email from Bruno saying, congratulations. Oh, my God. That's even worse. You don't want to be congratulated by them. You don't want them to come keep your congratulations. Keep it. I don't want to hear from you right now. I want to hear from Warwick. <laughs> I cried instantly. I literally said, what's the point? Like, I've literally failed in life. Mm. I ran upstairs to my mom. I was like, no, mm. I'm so stupid. I didn't get it I was like, I'm so stupid. Nah. Honestly, no, it was that, that day. Was... day. Like, I literally was like to my mum. I remember my mum was upstairs, yeah, and I opened the laptop soon. I think we got the results at like 8 o'clock. I was there at yeah. 8 o'clock. People on Snapchat, I got in, I got in, first choice. I, I saw, I, me, the first word I saw was unfortunately. I knew indeed it was unfortunate, yeah. And I said to my mum, I shouted, I said, mum, 
My mom said, yes. I said, I didn't get in. <laughs> My mom said, what? <laughs> I was so upset to the point where like, oh, oh I had to now make the journey to school, like to get my results. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I got my results and then I knew I had to tell my dad like and normally I'm like really apprehensive I was so upset that I could care less about how my dad was going to react that I was annoyed for the both of us like that's how bad it was and like like my dad was really lax about it but then I remember saying to my mom like I'm just gonna get a job now because clearly like (laughs) further education is not for me (laughs) I was so dramatic I sat there with a house phone and my legs spread and I just started calling uni after uni after uni I didn't rest until I got like four offers really yeah damn you are resilient oh no I said you think I'm going to die on the line no way (laughs) oh man you're so resilient like literally I think by the end of the day, I got over it. Like, I was still sad later on. <laughs> but I didn't have the energy to fight, to fight anymore. I said, you know what, so let it be. I guess I'm going to Bruno or whatever. Let's find accommodation. <laughs> I guess I got over it on the day, but it was later on. But like you said, we still a whole uni, uni A-level story because there's so much to say about that time in our life. Um, oh, I think it's, it's good to speak about it now because you've come out of it <clears throat> fully. And it's like, now I can speak about it in hindsight and laugh at myself. Boy, oh boy. So many things to laugh about. Hundred percent. Have you got a current faith before we go on any longer? Um, you know when you're just looking around and thinking, hmm, what can I what use? Do I like? <laughs> what do, do I, I like? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't have a current faith this week. Oh, you don't. You always have one. <laughs> I was relying on you to buy me some time because I don't have one either. <laughs> We need to actually create a bank of current faves, like just a bank of them. Sometimes I'll be going through my picture gallery thinking, what did I do? What can I say that I enjoyed? I guess one current fave I have right now was so basic, but it's Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> I was listening to can that on Luke. Can we feel by now? <laughs> no, it was such an iconic bit. Like the way she walked yeah. in, at the beginning, like it's just so good. Once again, it's kind of reminded me of like, you know how I was explaining with Lost Ones, like imagine hearing that for the first time, like Dan Lauren is not here to play. <clears throat> like same yes. thing with Crazy in Love, like obviously her first song after Destiny's Child, hearing that, seeing yeah. that walk, iconic. So, oh, 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 mama. I know, right? <laughs> I went to Tesco to buy a donut at like 11pm, clearly I had nothing better to do with myself. I listened to that song on loop. I <laughs> said, so, again, again, again. <laughs> <laughs> like a child on a swing I was just having a good time over and over again so that's my current faith crazy in love fantastic song oh love it yeah we love to see it but yeah guys this has been episode 29 Ooh. we really hope that you've enjoyed it um yeah. and let us know you know how did your A-level results go <laughs> <laughs> did you have fun that day hopefully better than ours you know <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. But you know, we hear it, so God be the glory and all of that. Amen. Amen. Um but yeah, man, we'll see you guys. What next episode's gonna be episode 30? Oh, uh, we need to do something special. We Let's plan be. that next. Special. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Uh you've been listening yeah. to the So You Can Relate podcast. It's been your girl Joyce. And it's been me, Adephala. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>